Hello and welcome to Tales of Two Teachers with me, Em. And me, Em. It's just the two of us this week. It is. It's, um, it's kind of, it's quite Ditched intimate. as as often the case. Yeah, oh, I'm very used to that. Um, yeah, so it's just you and I. Um, what's her name again? B has had a shoe off. You did have a really good uh, T&L for us for next week now. She's yeah. had a shoe off and we don't have a guest for this week, but we've got some things we want to get through and do. I first of all need to um, apologise. When Tony was on the show last week, Mr. Tony Blackburn, you may remember he popped in. Uh, he embarrassingly um, referred to the show as the incorrect name, uh, which, of course... He wasn't to know. No, well, we don't blame Tony, do we? No. It's not his fault. Um, but, of course, he meant to say, Tales of Two Teachers, which is exactly what this show is. Did we give out the email last week? I forgot. I don't think... No, I, I don't think we, we did. did. Oh, embarrassing. Let's do it now, shall we? It's slack, isn't it? But, and that must mean we've got some uh, regular listeners, or they listen back, because we've got two new questions this week. But um, if you do want to ask us a question or get us to discuss something, remember... Tales of Two Teachers at gmail.com. Well, we'll get that again at the end. Okay, now let's start, shall we? Let's start with the questions because we can tease a Napoleon review out of them. Mm. Um, now, we left one question to this week because we were a bit stretched for time last week, but we return to it now. Um, what does progress look like in your lessons? And this was from Demi. So, what does progress look like in your lessons? So, thank you for bearing with us, Demi. So this week, then we'll answer your question. So English That's is such a hard thing to articulate. Ridiculously difficult. That it depends. Also, what what ability they are as well. You know, I teach year seven to year eleven, so anywhere from eleven to sixteen year olds. And progress for some is writing in cohesive sentences. Um, you know, literacy hasn't been hasn't been good in the last couple of cohorts and that's been sort of exacerbated certainly by COVID and things like that. So better literacy is something, is a marker of progress in that instance because unfortunately the exams are very heavily marked for spelling, punctuation and grammar. Yeah. So, you know, I often say, especially on the English language exam, where 40 marks available, half the marks on one of the papers is for narrative and almost half of them is for spelling, punctuation and grammar. Mm. So you can write the best story that's ever been written, but if it's poorly punctuated, if it's tense is um, inconsistent, if the spellings are poor, the likelihood is you're not going to pass the exam. So, you know, in one way, that is a marker for you more, you're more able, you know, I guess just how, how they're able to articulate themselves, whether that's through the, the written word or through their oracy and being able to sort of speak about speak about the things that they've learned. It's a very difficult thing to sort of Cause you find. Te- that's English language, isn't it? English literature you teach as well. Because mm. it's similar to history, I suppose. Is there a moment where they understand how to analyse text or understand themes in some way? Definitely. Like there's, there's definitely sort of the, the, you know, the audible clunk of the penny mm. dropping when... Mm when kids realise how to sort of zoom and, and drill down into the analysis of text and picking out keywords and trying to link that back. Um, obviously, analysis of literature can be incredibly superficial, just sort of a retelling of the story. Mm. If, we, if we take Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, anyone can tell you that it's it's about sort of a, a miserly old capitalist who sort of changes his ways through the intervention of, of three ghosts and Jacob Marley's ghost as well. Um, but obviously, I guess progress looks like them being able to tie in contextual links as well, and maybe some um, more difficult themes, uh, theory, uh, theory application, whether that's sort of Malthusian theory and, and the sort of 
criticisms of uh, society and expectation and stereotype at the time, applying feminist theory in, in uh, texts like Macbeth. Mm. Um, that's what real progress looks like, isn't it? That's not superficial, that's no. not lip service not anymore. Level, that's, that's, that's deep, isn't it? Yeah. So, how does it look in history? <clears throat> Similar in terms of those understanding of skills. So those skills of analysis and the surface level things are a good point. So if a student sees a source and rather than inferring and saying like, oh, it says this, it's, so it's, you know, like, oh, it means this or whatever. Or it was written at the time and that's all they say. Or it was written at the time so we can trust it. It's then thinking about deeper concepts. Like it was written at the time, but surely that means it could have been written as, I don't know, war propaganda then, for example. So they're kind of, rather than the surface level little bits, they're taking a bit so deeper. So in English we call that like feature spotting, mm-hmm. just saying what it is rather than explaining yeah. what it is. Absolutely. So that's, that's where you can tell some progress there. Um, you can also tell progress, there's still topic knowledge progress. So obviously by remembering things that they can then apply into questions, that's still a, a measure of progress, actually remembering what they've been told a fact or a date or a person or an event or whatever and being able to remember it but also applying it to a question that's how we'd say I suppose that we'd measure progress as well but the concept progress I mean we talk about it all the time but it's really hard to know what it is I think it's hard to see it in a lesson mm. so obviously we, we have in one lesson definitely yeah, so, yeah we, on we have formative lesson. and summative um, mm. assessments yeah. and obviously a mixture of the two seems to be the best approach what are, what are those two things for listening to our teachers um, so, so formative assessment is an assessment that goes on sort of at the time, yep. you know, lesson by lesson, you're walking around, you might be live marking perhaps, looking over a child's shoulder and you've got the red pen maybe, and you're saying, oh, that's good, what about, can you drill down a little bit more into that phrase or into that um, quote, whereas your summative marking, obviously the emphasis on the, way, on the sum part comes at the end, the summary, yeah. so that's not normally a test or an exam of sorts. Mm where the skills, you'd hope to see the skills. Mm. It's hard, though, isn't it? Because when you say progress, you can use formative assessment. So you might say, you know, all on your mini whiteboards, kids, let's write down who won the Battle of Stanford Bridge. And at the start of a lesson, they'll all put a question mark or don't know. And then by the end of the lesson, you start the same question again. They should be able to say the answer, write it on the whiteboard, hold it up. And then you said, well, they've learned this, that they remember this, that yeah. they know that. And in so some ways, some that, is, that is progress, isn't it? Yeah, and then obviously a summation might be answering questions about that at the end or recalling it at the end of a five, six-week term. Yeah, but it's, it's also quite ethereal, isn't it, progress? I, I always think it's a really interesting term, like, because it's hard to actually tell when... It's quite hard to tell when a kid has progressed or got better at something. Or in its definition, it literally just means to have more than yeah, before, before yeah, so forward, like you right. said to know who won the battle mm. yes that is more that is technically progress but is it sufficient progress no perhaps not absolutely so that's the that's the difficult thing to to really pin down isn't it yeah, yeah. so thank you demi it's a hard question to answer but i hope we've given it a go there um this is from mario i don't think melchior it might be um or balotelli <laughs> or possibly yeah Super who, mario. who would you prefer out of those two uh, Melchior definitely yeah. easier to coach I definitely imagine. I think you probably put more in probably not as naturally gifted probably as one Balotelli, more as well though. probably uh, possibly this time in Chelsea yeah more. maybe you play for Reading as well do you Melchior I think Wigan Wigan was it no we're not Reading not sure about Reading he definitely played for Wigan yeah he was uh, he was a good player probably not as naturally gifted as Balotelli he was a Desai's partner wasn't it Chelsea oh that's Very a proper player, that. Well, yeah. classmate. Absolutely. So, for Mario, um, this is from someone who's a teacher. They said they're listening at home and they're not very well, so thank you to us two for boosting them through. Oh. Poor, poor Mario. Mario wants to know, though, or, or to tell everyone, 
Um, when you're not very well, what happens as a teacher? Because you don't go in to teach your classes. So how does it work, basically? I think they want, to, they want us to explain to those that aren't teachers what happens if you're not there. Uh, so, so the process is, uh, obviously, as soon as you become aware that you are unwell, um, unwell enough that you, you won't be in school, mm. you would ring um, a line that the school has, um, and it's basically an absence line, and you call that up. You say who you are, and you say what department you're in, and you say a brief summary of what the matter is, and more importantly, when you think you're going to be back. Obviously, difficult sometimes, depending on depending on the ailment. Yeah. Um, then we have members of staff who look at that absence list, and then would put cover in place. So it might be teachers who have spare time on their timetables would then sit in to cover. Or we might have to get outside agency staff in mm. to, to help support. And um, certainly that's quite, quite commonplace in our school and for all, schools. for all schools, I imagine. The expectation is, isn't it, the old teacher or the teacher who's not in has to send in some work so the cover teacher has something to do with them. And obviously that can vary um, between some teachers, you know, set basically to lessons to be taught. Some yeah. teachers set tasks that are more simple. Um, it varies. It's, really. a, it's, a, it's a funny concept, isn't it? Because mm. my... I always think about it like this and it wouldn't matter if I was a teacher or in any other place of work I'd like to think I had instilled in me a work ethic where you know if you can go to work mm. you should go to work okay so unless you're you think you've got something that everyone's going to contract you know and you're <laughs> and you're not physically bed bound then yeah. I think you should be in work mm. saying that if I was ill it would be probably because I'd been hospitalised and would it then be suitable for me to wake up the morning in my hospital bed and start preparing lessons. It's probably difficult Perhaps that, isn't not. it? Yeah. So there are extenuating circumstances. I think if it's like, yeah, you've got a bug, which is, we had quite a lot of staff off today, but lots of people poorly today. It's a difficult yeah. winter time, isn't it? There's, there's some nasty, like, vomiting bugs going around, mm. and certainly if you, if you are D and V, yeah. you are encouraged to stay at home because you shouldn't that. be sort of, like, trying no. to spread that around. Not really. Um, yeah, so we had a number of staff out, but yeah, it's, uh, there are extenuating circumstances sometimes, obviously, so the staff isn't sent in. Yeah. You also have planned, sometimes planned absences, so yeah. people go on courses and stuff, but it's not uh, the case that another teacher just walks in and starts teaching uh, the lesson straight away. They have to be, have some resources, and obviously external um, staff don't know the kids, they don't necessarily know the system, so it's not easy. Um, it's actually quite stressful, because, you know, if you are off ill, you have to set all the cover, but you come back in knowing, oh, God, yeah. you know, I set this lesson as part of the scheme and I want to move on, but I won't be able to because I'm going to have to go back and revisit this because it might not have been done in the way I would have taught yeah. it or whatever. So it's actually, it's quite an odd um, thing, being off and having someone else be in the room teaching it's definitely that not a perfect system, but you obviously you're, you're head of a subject. Mm. You would be aware if one of your staff yes, wasn't in, and you would, so, you would no doubt be trying to supervise that as well, wouldn't you? Check, yes. was the cover suitable? Are the classes suitable for yeah. the, the member of staff who's going to, um, to cover them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the process, really. Um, I suppose in other workplaces, it doesn't really work like that, does it? Because in another workplace, you just deal and you just don't go to work and the work doesn't yeah. get done until when you're back. But really, here, the show must go on. <laughs> yeah. um, from Tommy, have you seen any TV shows about teaching? He said, for example, Waterloo Road. Uh, are they accurate or silly? I've, no, I've only seen like one episode of Waterloo Road. What's, that's the, the drama, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, so, I can't remember who's in it. I think that one was in My Family's in it. And, uh, oh, yeah. embarrassingly, Angus Dayton, of course, is also I think to keep, to keep shows like Waterloo Road entertaining, mm. they've got to have some pretty wacky stuff mm. going on. 
I would say we do have unusual things going on. We have very serious things going on oh, at God, school. Yeah. Incredibly serious. Um, so maybe the, it's not as unusual as... I, well, I, my opinion on that is is because that's a six-episode series, six episode series whatever, across six weeks, right? So in one episode, there'll be a head teacher having it off with a teacher in a cupboard... And yeah. then five minutes later, a bomb there's a, a bomb threat, exactly. But that's <laughs> the same, like five minutes later, and then six minutes later, you know, a kid's been run down or something. So it, we have all of those, well, we have no, I've never had a bomb scare, to be fair. I don't know I'm about sure, the other one. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know about that one No, I very, let's say no. Um, but those sort of like event, like serious events, yeah, we have those, I wouldn't say on a regular basis, but we, we all experience them yeah. semi-regularly. And I know the TV series, people say like, oh, that can't, that's ridiculous, that, no, that never happened. Those things do happen. And, you know, every day there's something we think, oh my God, I didn't think that happened today. Usually not those levels of severity back to back, but certainly um, some of the things portrayed in them we had a helicopter land on the field yesterday. Yeah, that wasn't an air ambulance, though. No, that, that was, was yeah, it was yeah. planned as part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's still an interesting event. Yeah, just like an odd event that happens. Yeah, so we've uh, so I don't know, Tommy. It's it's obviously for um, entertainment value and, and dramatic license, but um, yeah, those things those things do happen sometimes. Definitely agreed. Cool. All right, so um, thank you very much for those, uh, Mario and Tommy. I love that name, Mario. It's just so cool. Um, any questions for next week? Tales of Two Teachers at gmail.com. My plan next week is we'll have um, be back. Yeah. I think we also would like. There was a what was it? There was a whiff of controversy in the staff room the other day about us yeah. not inviting off enough women guests again, which I think is a little unfair, personally. I don't know what you think. Well, I think it's very, very unfair. <laughs> it certainly is no conscious choice, but I think we've got Ooh. a couple of members of the department we haven't um, interviewed yet anyway, so we'll be hopefully yeah. having a guest on next week. However, uh, this week. Mm. We have our Napoleon thoughts. So we went to see it, didn't we? We were rushing off last week. Yeah, talking through our, our date nights. It was, a, it was a hell of a night, really, it was wasn't a bit, it? It was the time. It was a little tight. Like, I was a bit stressed. Initially, I wanted us to go to uh, a harvester, but you poo-pooed that idea for yeah. our dinner. Wasn't that happened, wasn't it? No, I wasn't going to go to the harvester. You blew your top over that. So we quickly, after the podcast, we quickly got in our cars. Um, we managed to attract, I think with our sheer force of personality, a few other people on our little date. Yeah, a few clingers on. Absolutely. It was, like, it was six wheeling, some of them, weren't they? So yeah. I think there were, there were five or six, wasn't there? Yeah, and we went to McDonald's for our tea. We did. Yeah, which that I was... good. Yeah, it was all right, yeah. And then we uh, popped into Sainsbury's, and we I did. bought about 100 bags of sweets, and then uh, yeah. made sure they knew who were, they were mine. They were, like, a, like a ridiculous amount of sweets. I'm not sure about that. It was world class. And then we went into uh, to watch Napoleon, and actually, for a school night, what time did... It half six, wasn't it? Half six. It was, yeah, for yeah. a school night, that you know, it's two and a bit hour film. That's quite. That's quite late for us. It's quite rock and roll. <laughs> very, very rock and roll. Very so, cavalier indeed. <laughs> oh, that's a good Napoleonic sort Thank of pun. As well. um, and then we watched the film, and then we came out of it, and we all shared our thoughts. And actually, all five of us had slightly different thoughts, including you and I, really, didn't we? Yeah. So okay, could, could go to war another sort of coming out of very own. Battle of Austerlitz, yeah. Right, I've written a little review. Okay. Because I, I love film, and uh, in the past, I forced my poor family, I made little film surveys, I made them watch a film, and then we all filled a survey and discussed it. You are a serious saddo. <laughs> so I haven't done that for Napoleon, uh, but I have written a little review. So let me read out my review. I've structured it quite well as well. Okay. On my Peter I'm ready for it. <clears throat> okay. The first thing to take away was, I was disappointed. Uh, with such a film focusing on a fascinating individual helmed by a great director, there was a lot more than I was hoping for. I think this biopic falls into the trap of contemporary cinema of often being all sizzle, no steak. Which is one of your lines. You've got a ruder line, but we're not going to say that. Uh, 
I know a film about politics and mechanics of French revolutions and government may seem a little dull to some, but I felt this could have been more focused on, and therefore Napoleon's overall pacing was off. There were too many moments of skipping about, brushing over, and I felt hurriedly moving things on. It actually felt like they were in a rush to get to the battle scenes themselves. I appreciated the characterization of Napoleon and Josephine well enough, but would struggle to remember any other of the characters in the films at all. Uh, except Wellington, actually. The writing seemed stretched, lines were oddly unconvincing, and it seemed slake with odd moments that were distracting rather than charming. I'm sure you know some of the scenes I mean there. Uh, Vanessa Kirby was excellent as Josephine, though, both seductive, terrifying, and enthralling to us and to Napoleon. Um, there were a lot of odd cameos, though, which, again, I found a bit distracting rather than endearing from certain actors. I felt like it was almost like they just crowbarred them in rather than being really a key part of the film. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is one of the finest performers of his generation, but I got the impression he was a bit disinterested in this role. He didn't seemingly sell Napoleon to me, I didn't think, in the way I was expecting. However, I have said Rupert Everett was perfect as Duke of Wellington. I, I thought that was the best bit of the film. Um, for cinematography, I've said wonderful sh sweeping shots of France and French landmarks. Uh, and the battle scenes, particularly Austerlitz and Waterloo, were the two major ones, obviously, um, were excellent. I really like the different use of tint and colour in the scenes, especially Austerlitz. Obviously, it was a snowy battle, and the way that they used the blue, I think, really well. Ridley Scott used different blue shades there. I thought it was beautiful. Um, when done well, it felt like I was actually there, which was thoroughly impressive. So the cinematography, I, I, I was very impressed with. Um, in terms of the entertainment value, I thought parts were engaging. I enjoyed all of Duke of Wellington's scenes. I think he, he delivered that perfect. Uh, but I was a bit hoping for a bit more from Josephine and Napoleon's scenes and stories, which I assumed would be the film's main driver, but I felt ended up as a half-realised vision. I wasn't bored in the film, but I wasn't enamoured either. And I've said, in summary, overall, two out of four stars. Not the best or worst film ever, but I've recommended for that kind of um, time period, check out Barry Lyndon instead by Stanley Kubrick. I thought that was much, much better. Not about the podium, but about that sort of era. What's my review? What do you reckon? I think it's, you lost words just I think it's a great review. I, I'm not sure I totally agree with you on some points, good. but I think yeah, good. So we can we can have it out. This is a really tricky one for me, mm. and part of it is because I think you do fall into the trap sometimes of trying to compare it to something else, mm. and I try to compare it to uh, the the Bondarchuk version from the 1960s or 70s right. wore that epic Waterloo mm. um, but obviously Napoleon's role in that isn't, isn't as um, important as what it yeah, is in, this in, in, in the um, in his own film yeah um, Stanley Kubrick attempted yes, to do his own he, Napoleon he and, and, the and the project fell apart yeah, yeah. partly because I think it's, it's such a hard his such a hard job to depict a man like him. And then I tried to compare it to Gladiator. No mm. one's got anything but positivity to talk about Gladiator. But I think everything that you say there, you could apply to that as well. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Gladiator, I must admit. Uh, and obviously, in, in comparison, Gladiator is sort of a fictitious character. Mm. Um, absolutely riddled with, <laughs> with factual and historical inaccuracies that people didn't seem to mind. I said that's probably the, similar for this film as well. Yeah, I haven't mentioned yeah, the for sure. Yeah, didn't for me. sure. I yeah. think such a such a great and interesting man, and such a massive period of time. It was difficult to to do any of it justice in any part. Mm. Yes, I, I agree with you. There was more sizzle than there was steak, <laughs> and it was clear that the battle scenes 
which was sort of the um, the showpiece yeah. more than anything else. Yeah. But even even then, I was a little disappointed at times. For example, at, at Waterloo, though it was very good, we didn't really get to see Napoleon's old guard. Uh, Blucher's army, despite the battle taking place over, I think, nine, ten hours, oh. uh, three minutes later, Blucher's army were three hours closer. <laughs> yeah, right. And it was just, you didn't, I don't think it really, you didn't get the sort of the tumult and the chaos mm. of what of what war is, and in arguably one of the biggest battles of all time, most important battles of all time. There was no mention of Catrabrat, there was no mention of La Haye Saint, two really pivotal parts of the battle as well. Uh, and then the Prussians just arrive, and that's sort of, and that's the end of the job. Joaquin Phoenix, I agree with you. I don't think it, he was compelling. <sighs> you liked the film more than me, though, didn't you? You sound like you quite I, negative. I, with I, you, enjoyed, you I enjoyed it because it. I, I do like I like the battle scenes. Yeah, I also felt like you got a lot of bang for your buck, mm. and there's so much history. It was jam packed in there, but it was the history that I like. Um, not necessarily the history that you like. You mm. wanted to see sort of the mechanics of government and policy and things like that. Where I wanted to see the dust ups. <laughs> yeah, I, like the I dust did. Ups too. I can't. I can't. I can't help but you've got to. You've got to admire the cinematography when it came to the yes, battles. Uh, whether it was at, at Toulon or yeah. at, at Auschwitz, it was absolutely fantastic. Coupled with. The um the use of colour, like you said, the way they drew the colour out of Auschwitz, um, and sort of the contrast with the blood under the ice as well. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was, I thought it was very very good. Napoleon himself, yeah, I wasn't overly enthralled. It did look a little lazy, but then if we compare it to films like Batman, it's like which Batman are we watching? Mm. Are we watching sort of uh, the new macabre Batman? Because this Napoleon was was. The, the grinning mastermind, the, the criminal, mm. almost. Mm. And it was clear through his depiction that he was deeply flawed. Yeah, that's um, the, You know, the, one of the greatest tacticians of all time. That maybe it didn't come across until the end when he started showing his, his reign, his campaign, and the casualties inflicted. Mm. But at the same time, how he was deeply flawed in his own personality, a slob. Almost this a lounge lizard, yeah, yeah, a lounge lizard, yet one of the greatest, um, you know, one of the greatest minds of his time. Mm. Um, so reliant on on Josephine, who I actually found at times a little bit contrived, yeah, maybe a little, mm-hmm. a little, and, and un- contrived and unbelievable. Um, but again, short shoehorn cameos. Mm. Um, of his brother, of his mother, mm. that sort of didn't lend itself to anything yeah, necessarily. Yeah. Um, sort of spattered then and punctuated with these ridiculous lines about you and your navy or whatever it was, and these silly little outbursts that did that actually give us an insight into his character, or or did it try and draw our attention away from? periods of nothing going on I couldn't tell if those because there were quite some times where he was a bit petulant and I assume probably he was I just assume that of most um, yeah. very powerful leaders in the, in the past usually um, yeah but I couldn't tell like, I couldn't tell if the petulance were being played for comic relief or was it actually being used as a, a well, that's the point I couldn't the tell yeah. Yeah. was it is that really clever I know that I couldn't or, make my mind up with that was it is it a bit lazy yeah I don't know I don't know there was no attempt to de-age him 
Mm. We saw him at Toulon when he was meant to be about 23, 24 as a gunnery captain. Yeah. Um, and then we see him at the end, near yeah, death. And there was no attempt. Well, yeah. What I did like was, it, a lot of it, I think, from Scott was, was imagination. And it was, you know, it, it wasn't going to, it's not a documentary. It wasn't no. going to be perfect. No. But sort of firing the cannons at the pyramids. I like that. It, it's 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 a, it's a tease. It's imagination. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And sort of a metaphor for for what he'd become. Yeah. On his particular on campaign, um, so I like those things. Yeah. No, but, it's a nice um, visual metaphor. Giving it to the Egyptians and humiliating him like a now. But also when he went up to see that mummy and uh, yeah, it was like I'm I'm as good as you and he was. You know, it fell and scared him a bit in the sarcophagus. It was a nice yeah. way of showing like when you, it, I moved cr- you aside when his crown didn't fit, but. He he almost became Commodus mm. from Gladiator. Mm. It was very petulant, immature, naive. But, I, but to with be a fair, streak. maybe that is what the. Uh, as I say, I, that's kind of how I would interpret most leaders when I think about them in the past, anyway. Because they're no, never going to be like these perfect titans who do everything right, and they're always magnanimous and lovely to everyone. They probably are petulant, annoyed when people yeah. say things they don't like or when things go wrong. I guess my main issue with it was. Whatever we think about him, he he was one of the greatest generals, one of the greatest leaders, and he and he dragged France mm. out of a out of a bloody gutter, and turned it into one of the greatest fighting forces that's ever seen, mm. and sort of got France back on the map in a time when it probably was cannon fodder for everybody else. Mm. Um, it it almost looked like he bumbled his way through it in the film, rather than perhaps yeah. Really, as, as tactically as yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure he did the character justice. Mm. I don't know. Mm. You know, you think about his character at Waterloo in the Bondarchuk's version. Yeah, he's sort of a, a gaunt, very stern, um, troubled in his own mm. ways. But I don't know. So, first of all, what would you give it out of four stars? <sighs> I think. I think I had issues with it more than I enjoyed it, so I'll have to say two out of four. Oh, what a save was me. You must have slightly so- changed your mind, because when we came to the cinema, you said that was too low, and like I said, I'd give it two. Put it this way, if you gave me five stars, I would have gone three. Okay, fine. So I am yeah. slapped by in the middle. I appreciate, the, I do appreciate the craft of it. I also appreciate it's such a massive undertaking to try and put that, try mm. and put that together. Mm. And if it would have been a film about policy and, and, and government and... Yeah, he brought slavery back and stuff like no, that. No, that didn't that, get mentioned, that did it? Yeah, yeah. That wasn't mentioned. Yeah. But if it would have been all about that, you would have had people going, oh, why, yeah, didn't, why didn't he do Borodino? Why didn't he do too long? No, I do agree. That, that is a problem. However, I think because the film was about him and his, uh, his ascent to leader of France and emperor, they needed to do a bit more of the machinations because... If the film was called Waterloo, then, you know, and I went yeah, to see it, and if it was a film where Waterloo was in for five minutes, I'd say, well, what the hell is this about? Of course. By calling Napoleon and focusing on him, he's famous for the general side of it, which I thought was a bit the better part of the film, but yeah. I thought the other side of the film, the political leader, the emperor, eh, I don't Felt short, I agree. I think there's a reason, you know, such, such a big character like that has not been properly depicted mm. in, in other in other films in the past yeah. and the fact that Kubrick abandoned this project mm. he probably realised it wasn't going to be what he happen. hoped it yeah, yeah. should be and yeah. therefore he abandoned it and Waterloo is, is solely about the Battle of Waterloo and its build up so 
It's it's hard. It is very hard. Very difficult. I think there are, I think some of the older biopics of like, I know some of them are even fictitious, but some of the older biopics like um, Lawrence of Arabia is a really good film. Yeah, brilliant film. Ben-Hur, older films, they, but they, some of those films are like four or five hours long. Yeah. But and I know there's a director's cut that's four hours. I don't know if cinema goers today have the appetite for that, or if directors even, or film studios have the appetite. There was a period of time making these epics in film. I think there's an entitlement now that comes with watch, watching the film where you sort of say, you want to go in, you want to watch a film, and you, want to, and you almost want to get out, but how many people now would be able to go and watch Ben Hill or Lawrence Arabia and appreciate I its craft? I don't think people would, you see. Because there are, there are no battle scenes in Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> that are anywhere near comparable scale, to what no. they put together in the poem. Absolutely. I think that's a shame because I think, well, I don't think it's going to happen, is it? I don't think moviegoers are going to turn around and say, you know what I miss, the epics of the 60s plus these battle scenes and find a way to marry them. I just don't think it's, uh, I just don't think it's going to happen, is it? I don't think so. Maybe it's just me being nostalgic for a time I wasn't even born for. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So maybe that wasn't quite the argument that you were hoping for. I, I agree with what you said. I, I thought you were coming swinging a bit more, actually. I thought you were going to come at me and say, no, I just no, think no, it's no. A ve- it was a very difficult thing to do, and it depends on what, what you were hoping to see. And yeah. Like I said, I think a lot of it was, was imagination, and that's what it needed to be. Mm. Um, because I don't think we do know a lot about his character, really, behind closed doors. No, it's hard to know that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, does this mean then, because we're not having any violent disagreements, that we can go on a cinema trip one day again together? I think so. Yeah. Um, we need to go and watch that one. Yes, it's the second one. I didn't even know there was the first one of The Musketeers. Oh no, there's another film. What was that one about? Is he a Dane or a Swede? It's like a bit of an Inglorious Bastards one. We were going to watch it. Was there a trailer for that? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's um, like, he finds gold. And, and the Germans, the Nazis are after him. It looks really good. And it's just, it's a Nazi basher. Was that in the film, the cinema? Did we watch that trade or did No, we watched oh, it ages I ago. I remember that. We watched oh, right, it ages okay. ago. It's like, a, it's like an oldest guy with like a, be- a beard. It might be a Norwegian maybe or something. I can't remember. I'll definitely smash it. Is it at the cinema or is it done now? I think, no, I don't think it's out, yeah. Oh, right, so we just got to wait for it to release. Yeah. Lost. And then there's the new uh, Mad Max coming out as well. Oh, Furiosa. Furiosa oh, which I do like. I do like a Mad Max. Mad movie. Max Fury Road was quality. Yeah. And, I, and the old ones I like as well, so they're good films. So, let's maybe. get some, let's, let's get our post-apocalyptic hats on. Yes. Let's do it. All right, yeah, no, so we'll definitely go back and review a film, um, hopefully again at some point soon. That was good. I did enjoy that, yes, yeah. that was very nice. Um, we did see some trailers and shockers as well, and you know how yeah. I, I couldn't contain my frustration at how bad they looked as you kept as you guys kept uh, laughing. <laughs> at. Right. So uh, someone has said to me uh, what they were really keen on because talked about AI and education. They said, "Why not bring this into the podcast?" Uh, so we've got about seven minutes left. We'll finish with this. They said, "Can you ask the AI because we're always asking for recommendations mm. for recommendations of conversation topics?" They are a bit ridiculous, so we can't spend too long on them. And then uh, talk about them, and then reflect on, is AI going to be any use to you in your podcast? So these are the three things that the AI wants us to talk about on the podcast today. Oh, my God. (sighs) Number one, the secret lives of houseplants. What do you think your houseplants do if they could come to life when you weren't in the house? It's basically a toy story, a plant story. Okay. And that's it. That's, That's it. We wanted us to talk about, imagine that. I think it wants us to imagineer a narrative, as they say in the corporate world. So what, what are we supposed to say about that? Plants are lazy things, aren't they? I, I can't imagine plants here too much. I imagine they're more conversationalists. Definitely. I, I would, yeah, because they say that plants listen anyway. They say that they can react to sound. So I would definitely agree. I, I mean, they're not going to get up and walk around. I don't think they're going to be organising like, parties and raves, no. are they? I think they're going to be... Sort of just chatting. What do you think? So when I think of like sunflowers, what, what voice would you think a sunflower would have? Because I think certain flowers would have more 
sort of high-pitched voices, more yeah. sort of... Um, so I think certain plants would speak very slowly, like this. But I imagine some flower daisy are very sort of upbeat. You reckon? I'd say so, yeah. So, so do an impression of how they talk. Hello, everybody! <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Something like that. I don't know. Okay. You put me on the spot. <laughs> I was expecting that. It was almost that. like Mickey Mouse, wasn't it? Yeah, I, was. I wasn't expecting that. That was, quite, that was quite good. So you think like more upbeat and happy? I'd say so. Yeah, and so if I was thinking of... And what about like a fern? But, okay, yeah. <laughs> a fern would be like sort of Eeyore. Yeah. From Winnie the Pooh. Oh, the Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly I mean, what I was thinking quite, of. Quite miserable. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's exactly what I was thinking of with the fern. I'm glad yeah. that was us in sync there. That's a terrible question. Isn't that yeah, terrible? It got us thinking, didn't it? It did, I suppose. Number two, um, time-travelling pets. Yes, okay. <laughs> now, why don't... I'm, I'm confused by this. Do they mean a pet from today and we send back in future and then it reports back? Maybe I both. would be more interested in getting a pet from a different um, era and having it brought to us. It's, it depends how you consider time. Oh, God. Doesn't it? You know, like, a, a pet could just arrive now into this room. Yeah. And it's being sent forward in time or backwards or back in time. In yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And who, if you're sent forward in time, whose pet would you most like to meet? Um, who had famous pets? We can include horses because obviously, yes. you, I know you love Alexander the Great. Yeah, well, his horse, Bucephalus. Yeah. I, I'd like to meet Bucephalus. <laughs> I imagine he's a horse like any Just other. horse is stood there, yeah. Hello. I'd like to go back in time just before Napoleon's horse was killed from under him. <laughs> Interestingly, it? that was the only creature they showed any empathy towards. Mm, is that true? Despite the loss of life. At the, start, at the start of the first... Um, I was unaware time. that I'd have to look into it. I'm pretty sure he didn't ride a horse into towards a fort too long I that, thought that was very odd to do that yeah and as, a gu- and as a sort of gunnery sergeant to whatever he was I doubt he'd be on a horse anyway yeah, yeah. but so, I could be wrong but I doubt it I think it was more to show his sort of emotion towards some things and not others yeah 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 because obviously there were lots of people killed there but he, he didn't seem to care about that did yeah. he so um, you'd like to meet you'd like to save Napoleon's horse you'd like to meet Alexander the Great's horse yeah but I can't think of any other famous pets. I mean, there's Hitler's dog. But I don't yeah, really, what's he called? Ajax. Blondie or whatever. I don't really, I don't really have any interest in. His dash on was called Ajax, wasn't it? Well, after the Greek hero. Mm. What a what a clown! Yeah. I have. I mean, it's not the pet's fault. So, no. What about uh, Michael Jackson's bubbles? Oh, the chimp. Well, the chimp. Oh, that poor chimp. That, yeah, that chimp needs to be rescued. Obviously, I don't think you should keep chimps. Chimps in space. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, what them, what them coming back? Lyca the dog would be cool to me. The first dog they ever sent into space. Yes. Uh, obviously, they put they left the poor thing up there because they couldn't get it back. So they launched it up, took the test readings, and then it just died, starved to death, I suppose, or whatever. What about Free Willy? Well, the orca. Yeah. Yeah, or Flipper, the dolphin. Flipper. Yeah, yeah. I think we're getting into the realms of fantasy now. I don't think we were ever out of the realms no, of fantasy. That's true. So, time traveling pets. That's actually not a bad question. I wish I knew I more yeah, about I don't specific know what, animals. Yeah, what do you want us to talk about? Yeah. What, do we like the idea of time traveling pets, or are we trying to discuss how we think it would work? I, what would be the purpose of sending them forward or back? Because they can't talk. Time, so, unless, yeah, it seems a bit pointless, doesn't maybe it? Maybe a vessel for carrying a message. Maybe, yeah. Like a pigeon, like a carrier pigeon, then, or something. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Why you wouldn't just do that with a person? I don't, I don't know. know. Um, and finally, uh, what would be your ideal alien cooking show? <laughs> I have no An idea. Alien cooking show? I, yeah. What does that even mean? I, I don't know. What would you like to see on an alien cooking show? What would be happening in it? Would they um, just be cooking when they aliens? <laughs> aliens, what would they be cooking with? I would like to see what they get up to on their planet and what delicious 
delicious sort of um, meals they can put together. But then the challenge would be we would give them a set of ingredients from mm. our planet and see like that it. would be the swap. Like you give it. us your ingredients and we'll put something together. Yeah. And then you'd show us how to do it. Yeah. So there'd be that layer of elements. I like that. And then we'd swap. Nice. That's what nice. would we okay. call it? Can we come up with a clever? Oh God, this isn't good. Intergalactic uh, delicacies. So, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. And what happens if we gave it to our colleague B? If we gave Malian food, would he just stick it? Would he make like? Well, I think I, I'd like to think. Oh, B. I thought you meant R B. Because obviously mean, B's got a lot of issues with these, and she can't eat certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think that maybe other other peoples, other other creatures out there, maybe have developed a way that people can eat things without having without to suffer intolerance-free intolerance-free yeah, yeah. foods. Absolutely. That uh, that's my favourite idea. I would love to swap that and do that. that let's make that show. Let's go, let's get so into the well, delicacies going. If anyone is listening from other realms <laughs> yeah, if Zorg or, planets, or whatever is listening, yeah, from then, planet uh, Let's uh, hit us up on the email, which yeah. is... <laughs> oh, this is slick. Uh, which is Tales of Two Teachers at, at gmail. <laughs> at gmail.com. And also, if you have any kind of um, sort of human-shaped, attractive alien ladies... Um, you know, we can hand out my number later. Yeah, you're not particularly fussed, are you? No, blue, green, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm totally happy with anything. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's time to go. It is. Uh, but thank you very much for that. 37 minutes. See, we've still got it. Just you and I, we can still go. I can still go for another five hours here, mate. It's easy, isn't it, this job? Easy. If only it was our real job. Yeah, we'd be millionaires. Right, well, it's good this week. Uh, it's goodbye from me, Em. Yeah, and it's goodbye from me. And we'll see you next week, with a, hopefully, with we'll B-Back and a guest... Uh, and some questions from you. Maybe a quiz. Oh, I've missed a quiz this week. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.